Well, hello. How's everybody doing? Okay, listen, it's cold outside, so let's make a little noise in here and warm this place up. Come on, I'm glad you're here. Oh, come on, even back there. Come on, Noah's not even listening. What's up? There we go. There we go. I decided I'm going to start just calling people out by name. Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Hey, listen, if this is your first time here today, my name is Craig, and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this amazing church. And so, uh, hey, will you do me a favor? I'm glad you're here. And then we do me a favor? There's a bunch of people watching online. Will you put your hands together and help me welcome the rest of our family? YouTube, Facebook, Church Online platform, we love you guys. So glad you're with us, kind of. You're probably on vacation, but anyway, glad you're tuning in, right? All right, so today is our last episode of Unhindered, our series, and what that means is that means next week we start a brand new series, I think you saw the commercial, called Teen Mom, and we're going to be looking at the life of Mary, and uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to go Catholic for three weeks, so get your, get your quad workout, you know, up and down, up and down. I've been told that's what they do. I don't know. Um, anyway, so that series will take us all the way up to December 18th, which is our Christmas service. And you don't want to miss that. We've got a lot of great things planned. We're also going to do a candlelighting service that day. And it's just going to be a fantastic service. Make sure you bring the kids. They'll do special stuff in Kids Point for them. And uh, so that's December what? 18th. And after second service, we're having a party. A work party, right? We talked about this last week. I'm just reminding some of you, like, a party? Oh, I'm in. You're going to work. Oh, I'm out. Okay, um, December 18th, after second service. So if you come to first service, uh, come back after second service. This service ends at 11.15. And we are going to be tearing out all of these chairs that Sunday. Why are we doing that? We're doing that because, y'all, we get new chairs. Oh. And our, new, and our new chairs are going to have, what, what are we all excited about? We're all excited about cup holders, cup holders, cup holders. Good, excited about cup holders. They're really excited about cup holders. They're just really excited to be here. Um, anywho, so that's, that's after that we'll have lunch for everybody. Yep, big old time, lunch for everybody. And then we'll just tear out all these chairs. And so it'll just be a good time. And so with that, the next Sunday after that is December 25th. So Christmas falls on a Sunday. And no, um, not November. January 1st, also, January 1st also falls on a Sunday. So both of those services are going to be video-only services. So a couple reasons. Number one, I think on holidays you need to spend time with your family. I think family is very important. You need to do that. And then also you're like, well, I don't have, okay, whatever. Um, here's the other side to that. Um, our volunteers need a break. We have the best volunteer team on the planet. In fact, I was talking to Jesus this week, me and Jesus, we were talking, and Jesus, Jesus told me something. He told me that the volunteers at South Point are so awesome that he's building special mansions just for them. So we excited about that. I might be lying, lying and Jesus in the same sentence. I don't know what I'm doing up here. Okay, um, so we have a great volunteer team. And so also we're not doing service those two Sundays um, because we're, we're not going to have any chairs. <laughs> That's the other reason. It all just happened to come together at the same time, which I think is great. But we will start the new year with new chairs. All right, Isn't that a, we're good, we're good. So it'll be good times. Now, today, I said today's a good day in the ending of the Unhindered series. And uh, so if this is your first time here today, let me tell you something. 
You do not have to participate, but you are here on a great day because you get to see a move of God happen today. You don't have to, if it's your first time here, you don't have to participate. You just hang out. But we are going to take up our unhindered offering for the year. We're going to start taking it up today, and it goes from now until the end of the year, um, where we're just bringing our money together to make a special impact so that the church can move forward in an unhindered way. Now, some people might say, well, why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? Um, We're doing that because... I believe that we are the church that needs to advance the kingdom of God into every nook and cranny of DeSoto County and Shelby County and to genuinely make a difference where we are. And so in your worship guide, you got a couple envelopes. you got your tithing envelope. That's your normal one that goes in the black boxes on the back wall. But then you also got this little beauty. And this is, your, this is a special offering, the unhindered offering, which goes in the special offering receptacles, which are in the alcove. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't pay attention, you'll actually run into them. So make sure that's where they are. Um, and so let me just say this about this. So you're going to do your total, but then also a lot of people, most of you, most of you give online. And that, that's totally cool. And so what uh, we're asking you to do for this, you can still do the drop-down menu. There's a drop-down menu called Unhindered, and you can click on that. And then you just put your, put your name and stuff on here and then put that total in the push pay total. Does that make sense? Just a little logistics. And so, and we're going to do that at the end of service. Not right now. We're going to do that at the end of service. It'll be a great time. Um, but people are like, why are you doing that? Listen, we are, I believe that this is a special place. I believe that this is not something you can come across any day, anytime, anywhere. I preach all over the world, and I still, this is still my favorite place to speak. This is still my favorite place to be. And it's not because of a building or anything else. It's because of you. This is a special place filled with amazing, wonderful people. Now, first service, they actually clapped for themselves. I'm not sure why you're not clapping for yourself. You're a cool person. You're amazing. And so one of our values here is we find significance in relationships. It's one of our values. We find significance in relationships because we've learned over time that we need each other. We need each other. Now, let me fix my iPad here. There we go. We need each other, but not, I said it all wrong. We need each other, not another other. We need each other, but not another other you. We don't need another you. We, we need people that are different than us. God knows, and we're trying to learn this, that strength and victory comes in diversity, not in uniformity. And we need each other, but we don't need another you because we've already got you. And if you're here and you're looking for a place where you're always looking for somebody you're always looking for somebody that's just like you. I want to hang out with somebody that looks like me, talks like me, has my same financial background, is the same color as me, believes the same as me, votes the same as me. I want to be around those people. If that's what you're looking for, number one, you won't find that here. And number two, if that's what you're looking for, you won't, you, you're going to live a very sheltered life and you will always struggle with selfishness. Now, Pastor Craig, I don't understand why you're calling me selfish. I don't feel like I'm selfish. I just like to be around people like me. <laughs> okay, if you're always look, look follow the, your own, that's what you think? Follow your own line of thinking. If you are always looking for people that are like you, 
and you only go places where people are like you, then who are you constantly focused on? Yourself, because now you're using yourself as a measuring stick for everybody else. And so you are struggling with selfishness. But let me tell you something. That is not South Point. This is a safe place where anybody from any different background can come together and serve God, love God, download good things from God, and have a life change happen. This place is not homogenous. This place is not everybody's the same. And we don't want it the same. We want it different. If you didn't realize it yet, I'm going to tell you right now, you are sitting in a place that is unique and special. And a lot of times we take that for granted. And I don't want us to take it for granted. And so sometimes I just need to just pause and remind all of us that you're a part of something that's unique. Just, just, just think about that for a second. You're a part of something that's unique. This is not, you, don't, you, don't, you just can't get this everywhere. You really can't. You, you really, really can't. And it's not just South Point. Can I tell you something? This is in the Bible. Yeah. This is actually biblical. This is in the Bible. In the Old Testament, there's this dude named David. Now, if you, even if you are not familiar with the Bible at all, um, you probably know, if this is your first time in church, you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Okay, well, we're glad you're here. Uh, we did all of this for you. But David, yeah, everybody pretty much knows who David is. You might call him King David or David, but David, everybody knows the story of David and Goliath, right? Even pagans and heathens know David and Goliath. That David is who we're talking about. And so let me tell you a little bit about his story, and then we'll jump into the scripture and, and pull some stuff out of this. David was started out as a shepherd boy. Okay, I, while I'm telling this story, it's real short, but I need all of you church people who know this to just give me a Presbyterian amen, just agree with me, because I'm he's just, he's, this is also how I can recognize church people, okay? There's only four of us in here, okay, that's awesome, that's awesome. David started out as a shepherd boy, tending sheep, and while he was a shepherd boy, they came and they anointed him to be king, even though, the problem with this is, even though there was already a king on the throne, and that was a guy named King Saul, but David gets anointed to be king and so it's kind of like in secret or whatever. And then David hears that there's this guy named Goliath. So David goes and he kills Goliath. Boy, I'm really watering down this whole story. But he goes and kills Goliath. He kills Goliath and Saul, the king, obviously is there and he sees it. And he's impressed with what David did. So he hires David to come to the palace and play music for him and be, be there. David ends up becoming a general in the military and all of this stuff and doing all these things. And he had such great exploits that now, like most men, Saul got jealous of King David. So Saul starts throwing spears in the palace at David. How many know that's what you call a hostile work environment right there? Spears thrown at you. And so he gets a few, couple spears thrown at him. It would have, actually two in the Bible, and it would have only taken one for me. Anybody else? Like one, one is plenty. David stuck around for that second one. But then he left, and he fled, and he went into hiding, and he was hiding for years from King Saul. Okay? King Saul's trying to kill him, and that picks us up in our story in 1 Samuel 22. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay, this is cool. Are you guys ready? This I was talking to a lady the other day, and, and she said, oh, I go to South Point. I said, oh, okay, nice to meet you or whatever, because uh, I don't remember everybody, sorry. And she said, yeah, I always sit in the bad section. And I was like, what? And I was like oh, you sit over there. Okay, anyway, are you all ready for this? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. First Samuel 22 says this. So David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Soon his brothers and all his other relatives joined him there. Then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt 
or who were just discontented until David was the captain of about 400 men. This is interesting. See, these are all people that didn't fit anywhere else, but they found a place to fit. These are people that had no place to go where they were just accepted for who they are. Everybody needs a place to fit. Everybody. Have you ever gone to a place and like you were trying to get in the door or whatever and they stop you and say you're not, in one way or the other, you're not welcome or you're not allowed in? Anybody ever experienced this? And that, that hurts, doesn't it? I mean, when you all of a sudden are told you don't belong here, you don't fit here. It just does something to you. Or to have that happen in front of a bunch of friends, you know, you get that embarrassment factor. I was, when I was, I wanted to play peewee football. Third grade, peewee football. And they had a minimum weight for peewee football. Third grade, 55 pounds. You would think that would be easy to achieve. But for someone like me, third grade, I did not weigh 55 pounds. I had a problem. I was a wee, I was a wee bit underweight, shall we say. A little fast metabolism. I, I weighed a whopping 49 pounds at the time third grade, 49 pounds, and so I go to the weigh-in, because you had to get weighed in, and, and it, like, the weigh-in, they kind of assume everybody weighs over 55 pounds, so they do all the embarrassing stuff first, like I already had to turn my head and cough, come on guys, you know what I'm saying, I've already, nobody, just uncomfortable, just like, huh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, all the ladies are just like, what is he talking, okay, so I'd already done all that, so I step on the scale, and all my friends are around, and she says, the nurse lady, she's like, Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. You don't weigh enough. You can't play. You're less of a man, right? I didn't weigh enough. That scarred me. That was like 10 years ago, third grade. And it's still... <laughs> I didn't weigh enough. And so the next year, I was, I was scarred, scarred, literally scarred. And so the next year, my dad's like, it's time for tryouts, son. You're going to make it. I said, Dad, I still weigh the same. He goes, no, you, you're going to make it. Trust me. I said, Dad, I trust you, but I, don't, I ain't going to make it. Fourth grade, I still weigh 49 pounds, maybe 50 if I, my hair is wet. Maybe. And he said, here's what you're going to do. Go put your cowboy boots on. I said, Dad, I don't play football in cowboy boots. He said, son, unless you put, football, unless you put cowboy boots on, you ain't going to play football anyway. Go put your cowboy boots on. And I said, yes, sir. So I went and put my cowboy boots on, and then he said, come out to the garage. I go out to the garage, and he filled my cowboy boots with weights. I gained 10 pounds overnight, just like that. It was awesome. It, let me tell you something. It feels so much better to be accepted for who I am than to be told I'm not allowed in. And these guys in the cave of Adullam, they had gone all over, and they were not accepted anywhere. But here, all of a sudden, they are accepted. Now, I know that David was probably praying. King David was probably hiding in this cave for his life, probably praying to God to send him warriors. Right, I mean, if you're run, come on, guys. If you if you're running, somebody's trying to kill you. I'm not praying for a pansy to come join me. Come on, so anybody just like, did he just say pansy? Yeah, I did. I'm not gonna pray for some. I'll just stop there. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna pray for somebody to come fight by my side. I need a man. You know what I'm talking about? And look at God. So he's praying this, and this is what God sends him. God sends him these different people, but you need to understand this. All these people that are coming, they all have this checkered past, every single one of them. Fill in the blank. God is always guiding you based on your future, not your past. I want to say that again. God, right now, you sitting in this chair, you watching online, God is guiding you based on your future, not your past. 
We come here focused on our past, focused on all the things that we've gone through, and God is waiting for you to stop looking at your checkered past and turn your eyes to the future that he has already laid out for you. Every step he's guiding you to is into victory. His promises are always yes and amen. They are always that way. And he just needs us to step into him. He's always guiding us to our future. So who did, David prays for warriors, and who does God send him? Look at this first, the first one that he sends him in the scripture. is family. Family. Sends him family. Ooh. Ooh. Now I'm sure some of you are like, Oh, that's so sweet. God's taking care of him. Because if you're a man and you're alone in the cave, the one person you want to show up is your mother. <laughs> so she can tell you how you need to pick up your cave. <laughs> or your father. I want my dad to show up so he can tell me how I'm not measuring up. And I'll never be a man like he is. Or I need my brothers and sisters to show up so they can tell me how daily I don't measure up to their expectations. This might be a shocker to some of you. <laughs> Did you know your blood family is not always the most encouraging? And some of you are thinking, I know, Pastor, and Thanksgiving is just days away. You're going to show up at Thanksgiving dinner and go, Welcome to the cave of Adullam. <laughs> God sends him his. I mean, I want you to. I, I'm laughing, but the truth of the matter is, I want you to think about this. God, David's praying for one thing, and the first group of people God sends him is his family. Say, Well, maybe they had a good relationship. Okay. Riddle me this, Batman. If they had a good relationship, then why did David write Psalm 27, which he wrote before the cave of Adullam? And he wrote this. My father and mother have forsaken me. There's a solid relationship going right there, isn't it? Yeah. Like, they show up to the cave, and <laughs> David was probably like, seriously? Like, you could have sent me anybody, but seriously, I think I would prefer Saul and his spears over my mom and her words. <laughs> Too soon? Too soon for some of you? Okay. <laughs> Too soon. Here's another group of people that, that got sent to the cave of Adullam. People in trouble. People in trouble. David prayed for people, I'm sure, prayed for people just like him. He wanted people to fight to be a part of this thing. And God sends him people who are troublemakers. We need troublemakers in the house. Now, some of you are like, check. I'll be that. Got that in spades. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are already saying that. And, that, and that's totally cool. But see, I think, I think we need troublemakers because we, everybody can't be like us. And I think God knows that in homogenous situations, what it does is it blinds us to the reality of what's really going on. What, what do I mean by that? I mean, we can get around people that are just like us, and we can... Be focused on that, and we are blind. How about this way? You guys know the word algorithm, right? And we get on social media. I'm sure you've heard this. If you haven't heard this, go read something. There, there's logarithms that when you're online and on social media, it's tracking everything you do, and it knows everybody you're talking to and everything you're doing. And that's why now you are on Facebook or wherever, and you are in your own little echo chamber. 
That's why everybody that you see pretty much agrees with you and you agree with them and everything's happy and fine. And there's no different thought in your world than, than what is just like you. And what it does is it shows us that, but then it blinds us. We're in this little circle. Okay, like, so if this is my little, my little social media, right? Like, woo I'm just so happy right here. There's a whole world going on and you don't even realize it. We need people that are a little bit different that shake us up a little bit and challenge the way we think and challenge the way we act. Don't get crotchety about it. Well, I, that, that just offended me. Then you are too easily offended. Have a conversation. I had a conversation last service with a guy who is an Ohio State fan. I'm a Michigan Wolverines fan. If you're not familiar with football, you know that's pretty much like Jesus talking to Satan, right? It's just, they don't mix. Okay, that's low-hanging fruit. But the point being, the point being, we need different conversations in our life. And even here, yes, even here in church. A few years ago, when, way back when we still had carpet in the lobby, um, that'll date it for some of you, it was one of, we had Santa come for Christmas, and not to preach, but he, you know, kids sit on his lap, whatever. And so that's in the lobby. And so, I love this story. This is like, welcome to South Point. And so they're lined up after service waiting to go see Santa. And there's, there's two dads and there's one dad standing there with kids because that's who you stand in line. Listen, if you see a dad standing in line for Santa, he ain't got no kids. That's creepy. All right, but he's standing with his little kids. And he thinks this other dude cuts line in front of him. I don't know if he did or not, but this guy in the church lobby said, Hey, bro, why don't you take your blankety-blank back to the blankety-blank back of the blankety-blank line? And now you would think that this dude, being a good Christian man, would go, Yes, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. I have cut line thrice. No. What he did, because he's a South Pointer, turned around and said, Why don't you take your blankety-blank back to the blankety-blank line, or we can step outside. And the other dude replied by, I don't need to step outside, and takes a swing at him. Waiting in line for Santa. <laughs> Security had to take them out, like escort them out or take them out. And he, why do we have security at South Point? Is it to keep out random shooters? No, it's to protect us from you. <laughs> troublemakers. Hey, we need troublemakers. Seriously. And if you're here and you're a troublemaker, welcome to South Point. <laughs> welcome to South I'm glad you're here. I genuinely am. We had a guy started coming. Him and his wife, they moved from out of state. And they moved here. And at the last church they were at in a different state, um, he had served about 10 years, give or take, in uh, prison, federal prison. And when he got out, he got saved in prison. Praise God for prison ministries. We have one here. Uh, it's awesome. Love it. Um, he got saved in prison and uh, gets out, starts attending a church, and tells them his story. And they said, he said, well, I want to serve. I want to help. You know, I want to do whatever. And they said, no, you can't. And they, they said this to him. They said, we don't know what to do with you. So you can, you can attend. That's fine. But we really don't know what to do with you with your past and your history. And... He's like, oh, okay. And so he meets with me. They start coming here, and he's like, hey, can I serve? I want to be a part. And he tells me his past, and I'm like, yeah. 
You can. This is a place where you can plug in because you have a past and we all have a past. But praise God, God is leading us not in our past. He's leading us in our future over and over and over again. And there is space in the house for even troublemakers. Okay, so here's another group of people. There was the troublemakers, but then there was the, the people in debt. People in debt. People with no money. No money. I ain't got no money. No money. Maybe you've experienced this, and I don't fully understand all of the implications to what I'm about to say, but over, over time I've realized that when you have a financial stru- struggle, you know, if there's a time in your life where you're f- struggling financially, somehow that affects everything else. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, it's like finances, I'm a dude, so we, we're pretty good at compartmentalizing. It's like our, our superhero strength, we can just compartmentalize. But money is one of those things that when it gets out of order, it, it doesn't stay compartmentalized. And so those issues, has anybody else experienced this? This is just kind of me, four of us. Okay, that's cool. And it just spreads to everything. So you have to understand, these guys coming that were in debt, they not only had no money, they owed people money. And it affected their relationships. It affected everything about them because it was a mindset. Okay, so God sends David, his family, whoop, whoop, um, send, sends David people who are just troublemakers, sends people who are in debt, and then like icing on the cake, he sends people that are discontented. 1 Samuel 22, 1 says, Then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt or who were just discontented. Now, the Greek word, I mean, sorry, the Hebrew word for discontented is the word mar, M-A-R. That's the transliteration. And it means almost everywhere else in the Old Testament, that word is translated as bitter. So God sent him bitter people. Have you ever been around somebody oh so much fun as a bitter person? Anybody? Anybody? Bitter. You know David, like, do you ever think he's sitting there in this cave going, man, i got to find me a new cave. I ain't digging it. Bitter. My mom's one thing, but bitter. Now, now, family, debt, troublemaker, and bitter people. Look at this definition. This is from Webster's Dictionary. Just the definition of bitter. Angry, hurt, or resentful because of one's bad experiences or a sense of unjust treatment. Bad experiences or a sense of unjust treatment. I think the church, capital C Church, has created more bitter people than almost any other institution in the nation. I cannot tell you how many times I have apologized for the church and the way it's treated people. And what, what happens is, what happened was, when stuff happens, it creates this bitterness. And if we don't recognize it, name it, and accept the healing for it, you can go from church to church to church, and you're still a bitter person. You might have found a different cave to hide out in, but you're still a bitter person just in a really nice cave. There was a, just a couple examples of bitter, people getting bitter. A few years ago, actually when we first moved in this building, we hadn't been in here that long. We had a couple come to the door, and I'm out there opening the door for them, and I'm prefacing that I was out there. Why? Because it was warmer. I don't go outside when it's this cold. So if you pull up for the next few months, and you say, you just pull up, and you're like, oh, Pastor Craig's not here. He's not outside. No, girl, I'm inside. You know what I'm saying? Um, but they, they walk up, and he's black, and she's white. And they walk up and they stop about six feet from me and he says, they're holding hands, and he says, 
can we come in? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm holding the door for you. Yeah, of course you can. And he didn't move. He said, no, no. A few weeks ago, we went to my church, and they stopped us and said, you can come in, but she can't. A couple weeks after that, we went to her church, and again, they stopped us at the door and said, she can come in, but you can't. He said, all seriousness, you know, he said, so I'm asking you again, can we come in? And I said, yeah, and I'll get you a cup of coffee too. Come on. <laughs> Where did that happen, Craig? Was that no, DeSoto County? Can I tell you something? You are sitting in a beautiful place, and I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. But the church has created bitter people. Churches have told people, and I know you, some of you have experienced this, hey, you, if you're going to go to church here and you're going to put your kids in the nursery, you have to work in the nursery, period. It just does something to you because you want to respond to them. You don't want me in the nursery. I hate kids. I barely like my own. Anybody, anybody just want to confess that? I hate all children, but I like barely like my own only because, like, they're mine. I've got no choice. I tried to adopt them out, but nobody wanted them. <laughs> but made to do something that you don't want to do, or, or you've been told at uh, different places where, hey, you can't do anything. You can't even open a door for anybody or serve coffee because you were divorced. And there's different things from our past that people want to pull out and then treat us based on our past when our past is, guess what, our past. Our past. And if we're going to be in line and working with this guy named Jesus Christ, then we have to start guiding people based on the future that God has promised them, not on the past that they've stumbled through. That's better preaching than you think it is. Okay. So watch this. So all of these different kinds of people, all of these different kinds of people, 400 of them, come together in this cave of Adullam, and they all don't, don't miss this. Please don't miss this. They don't focus on their past dysfunctions. Now they focus on the promise that they have. And they take everything that's in their house, all of their skills, all of their finances, all of their talents, and they apply them to David and advancing the kingdom that David is trying to set up, okay? And so they do that. And so they're there, and so this is all going on, and then David says this, okay? David says, hey, y'all, hey, 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 y'all, I, I, I heard, I heard, I heard some. I, I heard that there's this little town over here being attacked by our enemies, and I think, I think we can go rescue them. We can go rescue. Let's go, let's go rescue them. And all the men in this cave who came there, they were like, no, I think we're good. We're just going to stay here. We don't really want to fight anybody. I mean, we're pretty comfortable right now. I mean, as far as caves go, this is pretty nice. Pretty nice. We're just going to be right here. We're going to hang out. Okay. Check out this verse. This is just the next verse in what we're reading. Chapter 23, verse 1. One day news came to David that the Philistines were at Kalah. Kalah. Stealing grain from the threshing floors. David asked the Lord, right? Ask God first, should I go and attack them? And God said, yep, do it. Go save them. But David's men said, no, I don't think so. We're, we're afraid even here in Judah. Now, you need to understand something. Judah is home. 
That's home. So he, they're saying, hey, no, no, we're afraid even at home. We certainly don't want to go out to Kalah and fight the whole Philistine army. Listen, I am glad that you found a place at South Point where you connect, where you fit, where you found more misfits just like you and that you have found a home. But just because you have found a place to fit in does not mean it removes the fear that's still living in your heart. And a lot of us find comfort in this place. We find comfort in this cave of Adullam, if you will. And we're comfortable and we're good because we're loved and we're accepted. We're not tolerated. I hate that word. We're not tolerated. We are loved and accepted like we are. We found a place where we can belong before we believe. But even though we found that does not mean that we haven't gotten rid of the fear that's in us. See, there's a lot of solid, amazing followers of Jesus Christ that hid in their homes in fear for several months during the pandemic. Now, when I say the word pandemic, some of you get all squirrely. Okay? Even at this point in our lives, if I still say pandemic, masks, or vaccines, people lose their mind. Okay, so everybody just take a deep breath. I'm not really going that direction, so just make it a point. Just, you all still good? Yeah. Okay, okay. So here's the deal. Um, they still have that fear in them. And so even though the, things are going back to normal, life is going back to normal, people are getting back to church, and everything's, everything's getting back to life, the fear of the pandemic is still in them because when you allow fear, a space in your soul, it spreads its seed into every area that you will allow it to stay. And so that's why now out of the pandemic, now why are we still so fearful of inflation? Why are we still so fearful of the economy? Why are we still so fearful of racial tensions? Why are we so fearful of China? Why are we so, oh, here's what, why are we still so fearful of political stuff? Why is there, because we've, because fear is shifty. Fear doesn't have to stay in the one thing. Fear can shift to whatever category it needs to shift to. And the deal for us, if we want to step out, we have to step out and get away from the fear. Recognize it, name it, and do something in the exact opposite direction. Look at what these guys did. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 4. So, David, so the guys all say, no way, we're not going, right? We're, we're out. And then, so David goes back to God again and again asks the Lord, hey, should I go get him? And God said again, Go down to Kayla, for I will help you, and I will help you. You know what that is? That's called a promise, ladies and gentlemen. I will help you conquer the Philistine. I will help you. Does that mean God is going to do it all for you? No. And we've talked about this throughout this series. God gives us promises, but there is not a promise where God does everything for you. God is always looking for a partnership to do it with us. It takes us to step out, and sometimes it's a little bit scary, and we have fear, but if you step out, I guarantee God will never, ever fail you, ever. For I will conquer the Philistines. So David and his men went to Kayla, and they, of course, God promised it. So they slaughtered the Philistines and took all their livestock and rescued the people of Kayla. This is the only place these 400 men end up becoming, you should go home and read the rest of 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, these men becoming, become David's mighty men. They become the men that change, literally change the course of history. But this is the only place where it says they were ever afraid. See, before you step out on a promise of God to prove his greatness, you live in fear. But once you step out on a promise of God, from that point on, 
fear has no place because now fear has been replaced with faith and you've put your faith in a God that is all too powerful to ever fail. And so there's no fear. It changes. It's not just shifted, it's removed. It's, it's gone, it's done. But we have to step out and be an active part of it. You, you have to step out. And so I know that in this space we can just be really comfortable with where we are and everything that's going on but we need to step out. And that's what this unhindered offering is all about. It's about us taking a little bit of a chance. For some of us in our finances, it's a little bit of a risk. It's, 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 a, it's a step of faith, but we're gonna do it. Why? Because we believe that this is something special. We believe that we want this to not just be a church, but a movement that is here for our kids and our grandkids and their kids. And we wanna move forward in an unhindered fashion. We can't hide in our cave of comfort. We have to step out. Am I making sense to anybody? So here's what I want you to do. Go ahead, grab your envelope. The band, I believe they're behind me. Look at them. We're going to sing a song. And they're going to sing a little bit of it. I, I don't like surprises, so I just I don't think anybody else does either, so I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to worship a little bit, sing a little bit of this song, give you an opportunity to fill out your envelope, give you an opportunity to do that. We're going to pray over it. I'll come back up in the middle of the song. We'll pray, and then we'll dismiss, and you can go out there and put your unhindered offering in the special offering receptacles, which those will be out there until the end of the year, and then your tithe can go in the black boxes. Um, but so right now is when you fill it out. I know you guys have been praying about it. You've thought about it. We've been talking about this for several, several weeks. This is not a place. Listen, this place is not a resting place. This is a starting place. I know that every single one of us have a colored past, a checkered past, and we've, we've, some of us have literally stumbled in here, barely made it alive. And we're like, man, if I can just, I just need to sit for a little bit. And that's fine, you can sit for a little bit, but let me encourage you. Don't get so comfortable sitting that you miss the fact that God is saying, I need you to step out. I've got amazing things planned for you in this church. God is the God of promises. He is the God of your promise and your future. And he is not done. Listen to me. He is not done with this church yet. And he is not done with you yet. He has more promises that he wants to fulfill in your life, and he has more things he wants you to walk into. And that takes us doing what? Stepping out. Stepping out. Stand with me, if you will. Get this envelope in your hand. You can fill that out appropriately on the back and then you can put that in the offering box in just a minute but let's pray and then let, we'll worship a little bit together Heavenly Father I thank you for this Lord I'm grateful honestly that you don't just do things for us creating spoiled believers but Lord you give us opportunities to step into and then you fulfill every single one of them Lord, one of the things that you promised us is, is, is that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever even ask or think. Lord, we got some crazy imaginations and the idea that you can do and will do even more than that, <laughs> it's mind-blowing. And Lord, I'm so grateful that we get to do this, that we get to be a part. And so Father, right now, as we hold this in our hand, for some of us, this is a huge step of faith. 
For others, it might be just a small step of faith. For some, it might not be a step of faith at all. It's just, this is what I'm going to do. I'm comfortable with this. Father, I ask that you encourage all of us not just to do what we're comfortable with, but to have the boldness. Let fear shut up. Let the voice of anxiety shut up. Father, let us begin hearing the faithful teachings of Jesus Christ. Let us begin hearing the promises that you've given us over and over again to encourage us, to embolden us, to step forward into nothing and to know that you will catch us every single time. And so, Father, we're so grateful that you're the God of our future, you're the God of our promises, and you are not done with us yet. Come on, let's worship him in this house. done with us yet not a resting spot not even a timeout this is a launching pad to step into what God has for us this coming year I'm excited I'm excited all right grab your envelope this is your moment we're gonna dismiss right here and I know some of you won't leave unless I do the benediction so now may the words of my mouth and the meditations in my heart be acceptable in your sight you're my Lord my strength and my Redeemer in Jesus name amen have a great week. Love y'all. You're sure up to something right now. You're too-